0: Here are some clips from this week's deep dive episode of the bestseller experiment for Patreon subscribers. Hello and welcome to the Bestseller Experiment, a special deep dive episode that we record exclusively for our patrons on Patreon and our academates on the bestseller academy. And this is an extraordinary episode. We've got a very special guest, Amanda Scott, and we're going to be talking about an amazing project that challenges writers to build skills to rewrite the future. And I'm, Amanda is one of the f- founders of Throughtopia. And hang in there, folks, because we do have a special discount code uh, for bestseller experiment listeners. So do we'll, we'll reveal that that Later on in the show, which will give you fifty pounds off through Topia, so tune in for that. Hang around right to the end, but uh, let's introduce Manda Scott, one of the founders of Through Topia. Uh, Manda was born and raised in Scotland and has been a veterinary surgeon, a veterinary anaesthetist, acupuncturist for people and humans, a crime writer, columnist, blogger, economist. I know Manda for the Boudicca Dreaming series, a series that gained a cult following around the world for its depiction of how we were before the Romans came, which always fascinates me. Uh, what we lost and why it's been translated into over 20 languages. They're still enthralling readers 20 years after the first publication. Manda is also, as far as we know, the only person who's played Dungeons and Dragons with Faye Weldon and Terry Pratchett, though not at the same time. Manda, welcome to the podcast. How are you today?
1: Thank you, Mark. It's such an honour to be here. And yeah, other than the fact that I managed to abrade most of my cornea off my right eye, I'm fine.
0: Oh, that it hurts that, quite ouch, a lot, actually. Ouch, ouch, yeah, well, thank yeah. you. a double thank you for joining us today. But Topia, I've been looking at the website, which is throughtopia.life, which immediately suggests there's something different going on. Tell us about the Thrutopia project and, and, and what it means for writers.
1: OK, I want to give you a little tiny bit of background because for me it's really relevant. So, I, as you said, very kindly, thank you, I wrote the Boudicca books and I wrote them to be an expression of... My shamanic spirituality, everything that I wrote in Budika 1, I had either done or seen done in terms of the, the dreaming. And it arose out of my own shamanic practice. And in a way, I could only write that set 2000 years ago, because if I'd gone to the publishers and said, hey, I want to look at the dreaming, shamanic dreaming in the 20th century, as it was then. You know, forget it. But if I go and say, I want to write Boudicca, that's like, and I want to write the one that nobody else has done because everybody else just looks at the Roman invasion and I want to go back to before the revolt, then, um, then they said yes. And, and I was able to give up the day job. Yay! As we all know, a wonderful and glorious thing. Um, So 20 years on, I'm teaching the dreaming because people came after Boudicca 1 and I said, you know, this is who we were. This is who we could be. All the dreaming is in here. We can still do this. The gods are still there. We can still connect to them. Go for it. And as you know, in those days, we used to do tours around the country because people used to turn out to see authors. They don't anymore. (laughs) Um, And about three weeks into this big tour that that Transworld had done, people were coming back going, "Uh, book. And I'm going, but I signed your book three weeks ago. I recognize you. Because, you know, you do. And they go, yeah, yeah, but I've read it and I still don't understand the dreaming. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> so I started teaching and I thought I'd just do one course and that would be it. And 20 years on, I now have a 10 year cycle and, and it eats up extraordinary amounts in my summer weekend. <laughs> and last summer I was teaching, obviously COVID, Yeah, you know, we ended up teaching a lot of stuff online that I thought you would never be able to do. Things where I genuinely believed people had to be in the room we discovered you can do it online and there's one particular course that i that i really held out for 2 years going no guys no really this one promised me we definitely have to be in the room and we had people from germany and switzerland and ireland and all going we can't come because it's 2 weeks quarantine either side for mm-hmm. a weekend that's not sensible so we ended up doing this thing online scary but fine and i was drumming as i do for the students and very rarely do I go anywhere when I'm drumming for them. And even more rarely, when I'm even drumming for myself, do I get stuff in plain text. And I went somewhere completely unusual. And the plain text instruction was, take the 30,000-year-old fossilized horse's tooth that you have on your altar holding the Ancestor Gate. Get some horse skin. Okay, I can do that. Take it up the hill to a very particular place. We we live on some land up the hill. On a very particular place on a tree, bind the tooth to the tree and sit in front of it in a particular state of mind, watching the sun go down for an hour every night until further notice. So I've done this long enough that if you get stuff in plain text, you do not argue. So I got the horse skin. Hey, I do shamanic stuff. It turned out to not be as hard as I thought. Bound it on, sat and it was this was the summer. So I'm thinking, you know, come November, this is going to be less fun. But just now, this is really cool. Um, and within 10 days, I had the, the concept for a book. And I thought I'd given up writing. I really thought we're so close to the edge of everything going really bad that I don't have time to write. It do, it's not fast enough. The publishing process is too slow. All of my ideas were not going to change the world enough. I thought Boudica was going to change the world didn't quite get there. So I had the idea for a book and this course. So, And then the instruction was, okay, write the book and do the course. And I'm like, do I I need to keep coming up the hill? And the answer was, well, if you really want to, you can, but you don't have to. So I do periodically because it's really nice. But, but, so the course is, My realisation that I could not write the book that I'm writing if I hadn't spent two years running a podcast, which is looking at how do we get through this the lockdown that we're in, because we have very little time to to turn our ship around. And the guys who are currently holding the tiller are accelerating towards the edge of a cliff from which there is no return. I, I can go into that in a bit more detail if you want, but I think we have till the end of this decade or or we are complete toast. We are, for instance, in a state where atmospheric oxygen drops by 50%. And the paper that tells us that's been out for a year and nobody's paying any attention. But fundamentally, acidification of the oceans, runoff from industrial agriculture and microplastics are killing off the phytoplankton. And all of Our oxygen in the air comes from those beings which take in CO2 and give out oxygen, which are plants, and half of those are in the ocean. 50% of atmospheric oxygen comes from the phytoplankton, and the gradient's really obvious. We're currently at 8.04 pH ocean average. If it drops to 7.95, the phytoplankton are dead. And overnight, our oxygen will drop to the equivalent of being on the top of Kilimanjaro if you were at sea level at the same time as the sea level is rising. So we're all going oh don't worry we can go somewhere higher up that'll be fine. But higher up there'll be less oxygen. And standing at the top of Kilimanjaro at the moment quite a lot of people get oxygen sickness even if they're perfectly okay. So we have so little time. And our government you know is arguing about whether people are allowed to topple a statue or not. So the corollary to that is we have the answers. We just don't knit them together to make a coherent whole. We know how to generate power that isn't generated by fossil fuels. We know how to feed ourselves that isn't industrial agriculture. We know how to create an economy that functions for the good of people on the planet instead of having an economy that has to grow even if it's destroying everything. All of these things we have. Human creativity is astonishing. But what we lack is the stories of how they all fit together. If you think forward, if you close your eyes and think forward ten years and imagine waking up in the morning where you get out of bed and you think, God, yes, today I have no idea what the day's gonna have, but it's going to be absolutely expletive deleted because this is a nice <laughs> podcast. Amazing. And I can do this. I am resilient, I have the resources, I have the connections, I have the social contact, I have my communities of place and of purpose. I am I have agency. I have the freedom and the will and to do whatever it is that only I can do and to do it as well as I can do it. And if you ask people to imagine that, they start going a little bit scrunchy eyed and well, yeah, but. And then you go, OK, can you imagine a future where we're all being kebabbed over piles of burning tires by our bigger and nastier neighbors? And they go, yeah, no problem. I can do that one. We all know how bad it is if we cross the Handmaid's tail with the road. And if that's what we think, then that's what we'll get to. But we don't have the stories that go, hey guys, look, we can still fix this. And this is how we do it starting here, starting today, starting with this moment now and walking forward. This is how we fix the economy. This is how we fix our broken politics. This is how we fix everything so that we actually bring everyone together and move forward. And just me writing this is not enough. We need a whole generation of writers where the single most important thing is to write different versions of that way forward. But to do that, the writers need the data. They need what I've been gathering for the last few years of talking to everyone who's got the answers, and they need to be able to fit them together in a way that makes sense. And to do that, we need to let go of the bit in our heads that goes, it's actually easier to imagine the total extinction of humanity than it is to imagine the end of free market capitalism. And that's hard. So we're designing a course. That was the very long answer. To bring writers together and give them the resilience and the resources to write these stories and get them out there. And hopefully also find ways to get them to people who will go, yeah, we get this. We'll publish it with you. Does that help? Extremely. Yeah, it really does.
0: It really does. You can help support the podcast. Subscribe today at bestsellerexperiment.com
1: slash support. That's bestsellerexperiment.com slash support. Thanks again.